0: Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode number 17 of Winning at Fibromyalgia podcast. I just want to spend a little moment expressing my gratitude to those who tune in and listen. Thank you. I appreciate you. My little website, Analytics, gives me some stats on my podcast. And among them is a list of countries where my listeners are. I am so humbled and excited at the same time to see I have listeners in the United States, Canada, Germany, UK, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and even Qatar. It is truly an honor to be reaching so many parts of the world. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Who are you? What brought you to my podcast? What would you love to hear about? What would you love to hear about and what I have not addressed yet? I would love to know. So moving on, I was able to interview Dr. Howard Schubiner earlier this week. You are in for a treat. Dr. Schubiner is one of the leading researchers in the field of chronic pain but also actually sees patients. He runs a mind-body program in Michigan, Ascension Hospital in Southfield. Uh, The episode will drop soon. I learn from him every time I hear him talk and I sat on eight of his talks during the course I take, during the course I took last year, the pain reprocessing course, and I also listened to some of his uh, TEDx talk um, online. So I do think you will love his uh, episode. So in preparation for the episode with Dr. Schubiner, I thought it would be appropriate to review some of the basic knowledge of the neuroplastic pain and what works for it. And also um, I wanted to address one of the main roadblocks that my patients have been telling me about. So the basics, number one, Neuroplastic pain of fibromyalgia is felt in the body, various places all over, but it is caused by the brain. Number two, the pain is real. It is always real. Number three, people with fibromyalgia are more sensitive to various stimuli, touch, sounds, odors. The condition is still referred to as central sensitization syndrome, meaning, The volume button in the brain is turned on. The reason, number four, the reason the button is in on position can be generally ascribed to as, quote, danger, quote, signal. Brain produces pain as a sign of danger. It is a danger signal. Except in patients with fibromyalgia, there is no tissue damage, there is no inflammation. The alarm, the danger signal is fake. The signal, the pain is real, but the alarm is fake. There is no fire, there is no tissue damage, there is no structural damage. Number five, the answer to improving pain is turning down or turning off the danger signal. And this is truly the most important step in the pain improvement, turning down the danger signal the nervous system and your body will take care of the rest. So this may sound simple, these five steps, almost silly to some of you, but this is it. This is the secret to improving, understanding and improving our elimination of pain. So the big question, of course, is how do I turn the danger signal down? I will answer with three examples and then summarize. Number one example is my patient, 63-year-old woman, let's call her Sylvia, who has undifferentiated connective tissue disease and has been having no headaches for the past four months. Uh, Undifferentiated connective tissue disease um, is what happens when you have some features of an autoimmune illness, like lupus, but they're not full-blown or they're not too serious or too severe. And these have been pretty controlled. The head pain was new. She, was, she has been extremely concerned about her head pain because it was fairly daily, fairly widespread, and her blood pressure has been running a little high. So when I saw her a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed her and I realized that her headache did not seem to be anything inflammatory or structural or ominous. Rather, it seemed neuroplastic. The main reason for identifying it as such was that Sylvia seemed to have put a lot of pressure on herself and there were no signs of organic or anything ominous on exams. So I don't, I do want to say that just because somebody strikes you as putting pressure on themselves, and I'm gonna mention what I mean in her case, it doesn't mean that you don't do the exam and you don't do the due diligence, I did. By the way, Sylvia described her headache. She um said that she had to have her house clean, to do all the chores on the time. She felt guilty about sitting, putting her feet up, and just sitting down. That, in correlation with normal exam and normal labs, I truly felt fairly confident in the diagnosis. So I chose to do somatic tracking in the office, and her head pain went away during the somatic tracking. I, would not, I was not even expecting such a result, but that's, that's what happened. And the reason that um, it happened is that Sylvia was able to relax enough to allow for the tension to come down and her head pain was gone. And I just saw her in a follow-up two days ago she reported that her head pain, quote, wanted to come back several times, but she quickly realized she caught it. She realized what was happening, and she was able to basically stop herself from putting pressure on herself and gave herself permission to just relax and not be perfect. I thought it was gold, what she what she said. That's how she was basically able to be successful. Um, in eliminating the pain. She recognized she was putting too much pressure on herself and she said, okay, I don't have to do this. Relaxed and her pain got better. So the first answer to the question, how do I turn the danger signal down is give yourself permission not to be perfect and take time to relax. She also told me about other winds related to this small change. Um, her grandkids came to visit and they are quite noisy and rambunctious. And normally she would be very worried about it, but it went fine. She stayed calm and was able to relax despite all the little chaos with the kids. Example number two, um, another patient of mine, Mary, who I mentioned actually in episode number 14, it was part of one of my musings on who are you without your pain. She has anxiety, fibromyalgia, chronic neck and back pain, and headaches. We started working on her headaches and pain in December, and she had almost immediate success with somatic tracking with her anxiety and headaches. We are still working on her neck and back pain, but these two anxiety and headaches got better. And what she was able to accomplish with somatic tracking is that she was able to feel safe. And once she experienced it for the first time, feeling safe, she knew she could experience it again because now she knows how to bring it back. So example two deals with feeling safe. When you genuinely feel safe and let your brain know this lovingly, it responds. I promise. Example number three. So it's actually um, a roadblock that most of my patients in my regular rheumatology practice who do not have success. That's what they tell me. That they are they're they're having trouble believing that neuroplasticity that neuroplastic pain is responsible for their pain or that it can cause the severe pain as they have it. They worry that the severity of pain means that they have something else more serious. So I just want to talk about that a little bit uh, because it's really important roadblock to getting better. I evaluate patients with pain to rule out any structural cause. I listen and examine them. I usually run labs, and I frequently also order x-rays. That is often sufficient to rule out a structural problem, problem or inflammatory rheumatic process. And for reminder, we do that so that we can be confident in the diagnosis of neuroplastic pain, which underlies fibromyalgia. I am very thorough, and sometimes I do go to greater lengths to rule out it, to rule out a rheumatic disease process which sometimes mean ordering additional imaging studies, such as an MRI or a bone scan. But then I'm usually satisfied. And here is what happens. I review the results with my patient. I explain there is good news because I did not find anything structural. Hence, most likely, the diagnosis is truly fibromyalgia. And very often, the response is, I understand, but I think there is something wrong because I cannot believe that the pain would be so severe if the brain was all causing it. My patients basically cannot believe there is nothing wrong structurally because of the severity of the pain and my heart aches for them. Yet I know that the improvements in pain won't start happening until they believe, until they're open to the concept. So I just want to talk about a little bit about this lack of belief. So can mistakes happen? As in, is it possible for a rheumatologist to misdiagnose someone as having fibromyalgia when they do have something more serious, such as psoriatic or rheumatoid arthritis? Of course it is possible. Is it likely? I would say not very often. Rheumatologists are trained to detect inflammation we look for it everywhere on exam. We look for it in labs. We are like hound dogs. I would almost say that with us, rheumatologists, it is almost like in that saying, if, you, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. We basically do not want to leave a, diagnose, a diagnosis that has a potential for joint damage undiagnosed. We want to find it. But if we don't have any evidence of inflammation or if the evidence is pointing in the direction of the fibromyalgia, such as that we can find a lot of that on history, we do call it fibromyalgia. And I would say that most cases of fibromyalgia are not equivocal, meaning you have a good amount of certainty that there is nothing additional inflammatory going on. In smaller percentage, we question ourselves and whether there is inflammation, and that's when we do more imaging or we follow patients for a longer time. But at some point when nothing pops out, nothing presents itself, we do draw a line when we don't find any evidence of inflammation, even with advanced imaging. And we say, basically, let's stop looking for inflammation and let's start addressing the problem. So you, what I'm basically saying is that you do have to have certain confidence in your doctor and how to gain the confidence. And that's a good question, but only you as a patient can answer it. Most of physicians that I know, including myself, we happily endorse a second opinion, even encourage it um, if our patients feel that what we tell them is not landing home. So... I would like to summarize the five steps of my winning at fibromyalgia method. Number one, believe you can and deserve to heal your pain. Number two, be open to the concept of neuroplastic pain and believe that it can cause even severe pain. Number three, practice sending safety messages to the brain. This is where somatic tracking belongs. Number four, feel all the emotions this is where fear self compassion belongs also and number 5 look for and listen to your intuition i was going to leave you with that summary i would love to hear back from you or if you left a lovely 5 star review you can find me on facebook at martina lenartova l e n a r t o v a or you can visit my website at www.winningatfibromyalgia.com and send me a message slash email. So I look forward to chatting with you next time. Um, and next time will be Dr. Schubiner's episode.